idea for all this really came from a dream? Yes, it did. Good evening and welcome to Nox Mente. Tonight's guest is Vinny Eastwood, a.k.a. Mr. News, who was born in the ominous year of 1984, the same year set out as Orwell's masterpiece and the year of New Zealand's neoliberal economic reforms. He is the lighter side of genocide. Vinny, welcome to the show. Thanks, bro. Pleasure to be here. I don't know where here is because, unfortunately, I haven't uh, had a chance to listen through your, uh, your broadcast. We're <laughs> like in Atlanta. Yet. I'm in Atlanta. Yeah, Jerry's in Atlanta. I'm in Washington State. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. Well, I think our studios uh, in, at American Freedom Radio is also in Washington State. So that's good. Oh, is it? I guess I didn't know that. That's great. Well, hello out there, audience of Vinny's and American Freedom Radio. Yes. Rock on. Welcome to the show. Yeah. Um, and I also want to uh, make sure everybody understands that um, uh, when we're live on. Uh, American Freedom Radio and that kind of thing. There's no taboo topics. And so this uh, this broadcast here might go a little bit um, awry. Who knows? Uh, but but we'll, we'll see how it goes. We can only hope. I haven't even. Yeah, yeah. That's my favorite saying. And uh, <clears throat> I haven't uh, got any idea, you know, what's uh, going on in my own life and my own time and, and that kind of thing, because it's like, there's, there's a lot of scary stuff going on right now all around the world. There's, um, this possible war with freaking Iran and kicking off and the rampant net censorship all over the place and everybody or your favorite content creators being demonetized and now asking for donations, by the way, patreon.com forward slash Finney Eastwood. Shameless plug. They're, 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 <laughs> that was pretty shameless. <laughs> Yeah, but it's it's also nicely seamless too. I I I'm I've been known in radio circles as the king of the segue. Yes. So so anyway, uh, these lime green scooters. Somebody finally died on one in in New Zealand. Um, I'm not sure if that's a uh, an adequate segue, but 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 it was a scooter instead, wasn't it? Damn. Gosh. Okay, but we can I, only hope. I've got um. Real bad stuff happening in New Zealand. Like we're, we're having the guns being taken off people left, right, and center, uh, regardless of their political affiliation. Oh, wait, actually, no, they're only taking it off the right and the center. They're not taking the guns off the left. In fact, they're giving them uh, more guns. You know, it's just, it's, it's a scary, scary time because every time throughout history where somebody's taken the guns off a particular political persuasion of group of people, that group of people usually gets enslaved or subsequently exterminated soon thereafter, you know? So that's sort of what I'm dealing with right now. In addition to having like a third of my income cut off by um, YouTube for no reason, no explanation, that kind of thing. So yeah, it's, it's tough, man. Well, and we just entered into this uh, eclipse season, eclipse season yesterday. It's been going and I had marked this one a couple of years ago, this period until February as a very much a hot spot, hot seat for people that follow Vedic astrology. And uh, here we are. The gates are open. But let's get you out of the host mode and put you into the guest mode. <laughs> Okie dokie, bro. Uh, well, what, what is the actual name of the show? Noxmente, which means night mind. And we deal with dreams and dreaming and consciousness 
and uh, you know all the woo that comes therein, anywhere it goes from there. And where we like to start is kind of with your earliest memories in your life, the earliest stuff you can think back of, stuff that inspired you, uh, that comes out, like in pop culture, cartoons, movies. How far back can you remember? And if you don't mind sharing a couple memories. Um, I can't remember back very far at all, especially not to anything inspiring. I don't think really anything inspiring happened to me until uh, about 19 years old when I got introduced to Bill Hicks and weed and conspiracy theories in the same year. Oh, I love Bill Hicks. And so my life's been kind of chugging along that sort of comedy, conspiracy and weed uh, 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 kind of mantra, you know, there's the three things you need to do to understand the universe, you know. Some com and some uh, comedy and some weed, so you can deal with how you've just fully understood the universe, because uh, that's kind of important. Mostly, yes. what mostly what happened was um, I got busted for uh, selling weed. They caught me with thirteen grams, so uh, they slapped me with an indictable charge. That means I can't get any diversion. In New Zealand, we've got diversion, so if you get caught for the first time doing anything generally generally within the bounds of reason. Um, They'll just let you off, you know, without a conviction or whatever. But no, mine was an indictable charge, so no, no luck on that. Uh, and I was going to go to jail for up to eight years. Uh, and then the cops and everything, I was completely honest with them. I go, yes, I'm a drug dealer. I've been selling weed for about six months. We were buying them for about 400 an ounce and selling them in $20. You know, that, that kind of thing. Extremely naive. And um, so then I went to court and uh, got off with uh, 300 hours community service because they hadn't advised me of my right to remain silent before or that I was under arrest when they took my full confession. So my full confession got struck out. I was really, really lucky, you know. Um, and it, after that, I became caught in like a uh, cannabis activist, went back to university, did a bit of work in telemarketing. I was really, really good at that. And then I became a talk radio show host and really, really good at that because it's simple skill set isn't it talking to people Did you, it, it transfers yeah, well it, it's a simple skill set and yet you know some people do it better than others but i you know i'm Vinnie, i'm wondering like what kind of stuff on the telly did you watch did you watch cartoons were there movies that you you know did you like sci-fi at all did you know was it all humor i don't know jaws predator die hard you know I mostly like uh, movies and, and stuff like that. I like action movies. It's some of the thing where one dude has to go up against a whole bunch of other really, really scumbaggery dudes mm. by himself without really much help uh, and has to just survive and save the day, kill the bad guy, get the girl, you know, that, that kind of thing. That hero sure. arc. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That that really that really foolish thing that we tell everybody that they can get into without huge quantities of consequences <laughs> for their actions. You know? <laughs> Unless you're filthy rich. Well, even if you're filthy rich, I mean, there's uh, there's always consequences for your actions. Um, in either case, you know, is uh, sometimes I'd be like, hmm, I wonder if I had like a hell of a lot more money, would things be easier? Or would I just be doing a hell of a lot more things that were just a lot harder and wasting my life away and getting more gray hair and all of that kind of stuff? I don't even have gray hair yet. 
you know, 34 years old without a single gray hair. And I'm like, is there something wrong with me? Am I, am I, am I living my life too chilled? Making 3,600 videos in 10 years and, and, and doing 2,000 interviews with, with uh, thousands of hours of content, just, just like too little work. What, what, why, what, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> or is it some, you know, you're getting some good mineral content you know who knows did you when so i'm going to stick back to my agenda here did you do you remember were you a dreamer as a child did you have dreams nightmares any of that um no not really i think i had a a dream once or twice and uh and then wrote little stories about them and that kind of thing but other than that no not really i mean i I chose to uh, live in reality which was despite you know the fact really depressing you know reality is is is, is quite a uh, a harsh thing so yes like, especially when and you're the fifth of five kids and uh your dad's a millionaire so he works way too hard never never there and when he is he's he's drunk or violent you know that that kind of thing so you get that sort of um that narcissism thing where you're like oh you're special you're just special just cousin <laughs> you think you deserve things um and fortunately though throughout my life i've been punched in the face um a couple of times many times each time for a different reason and uh in so doing it's curved my behavior so instead of being a completely spoiled brat who goes out and hurting people and things like that all the time i am a uh activist with a sense of entitlement what i feel is a justified sense of entitlement so for example uh many stories get told over the years about some dude some great feat or whatever and that dude walks through life and every now and again somebody will approach him and say hey bro can i buy you a beer or can i buy you a meal or or something like that i've I've become that guy okay so uh, if you look at every shred of clothing i'm wearing if you look at all the pieces of technology that you can see on the screen and the live stream and, and everything like that, every single shred of stuff that I got has been given to me by donors because they appreciate what I've been doing for the past 10 years, giving activists a voice when no other mainstream media will hear them for hours at a time when they would ordinarily get 30 seconds in the news of that. Yeah, and, and that is it's definitely higher good for sure. And it does, you know, whatever the trajectory of your life has been, you have been fortunate to find yourself in this position. I mean, I think a lot of people would love to be where you are. You know, at the same time, you said something interesting. So you're the youngest of five children. Did you have, were you the kind of children that played outside? Did you like nature? No. Did you guys Sports, where you're just inside watching TV and playing, watching the telly. Yeah, pretty much. The second one. Uh, I mean, occasionally, like we'd go out, like for the summers and things like that, and we'd go out to uh, Rings Beach in the Coromandel area, and um, there'd be, you know, fishing and maybe going to rivers and stuff like that. Uh, but other than that, yeah, mostly just inside watching TV and not doing much. Did your uh... Do you actually have anyone that is in the military in your family? Mm, well, now I do. That my uh, sister got married. Uh, her uh, husband's brother is a captain in the New Zealand military, I think. But yeah, no, no, no close family members aren't. There's no compulsory service in New Zealand, is there? No. No. And so, also, were you? Did you have any of those typical childhood fears, like 
something under the bed or something in the woods, something in the closet, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, it was mostly like, uh, the dark and maybe when I, when I was young, maybe I did dream a little bit or whatever. Um, but then I learned how to get over it. I used to play doom on the computer or whatever. And there's oh, this nice. cheat, and there's this cheat code IDDQD. You type it in, and then you, the little Doom guy goes God mode, and and he <laughs> can't he can't be killed, can't be touched or anything like that. So um, when anything was scaring me or didn't like it in the dream, I just type in the cheat code, and it's like ah, can't do shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome! You did that in your dreams? Yes, from video games. <laughs> If, if exactly. we could only do it in real life. Yeah, uh, I, th- I think we can actually. You know, you'd be surprised how many lies we tell ourselves that wind up becoming true. I know. Oh, yeah. Were you brought never up underestimate, Never underestimate a man's ability to play mind games with himself and come <laughs> off the winner. Oh, we're the first one. Do it to ourselves. Yeah. Well, that's why we're so, such convincing liars to ourselves because you, you didn't suspect yourself. Eh? You're like, oh. I wouldn't lie to me. It's like, yes, you would. And you're doing it right now. And, and um, what was, what was the question? Sorry. Oh, did, were you brought up religious? Ah, yeah. I was brought up. Well, not, not strictly religious. I mean, like the, uh, the maximum amount of religiousness uh, that we went through was uh, going to church on Sunday. Um, and the only reason we did that is because mum bought us an ice cream to bribe us, you know, it's like, this is boring, but I get an ice cream. And so I became fat. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> it plays in, you know, it all plays in. It's kind of like our little indoctrination. At least you were free to kind of discover what you wanted to. I'm not sure. I'm not sure any of us are really free to discover what we want to per se, because um, there's uh, well, there's a lot of little routes that we take through our life, you know, that are that are all over the place and sort of crazy, and you don't know where you're going to end up. You don't know where you're going half the time, um, and you just got to flow with it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because life's tough. It's as uh, Jordan Peterson said, life is akin to unbearable suffering constant unbearable suffering and i'm like yeah i guess oh well you know yeah but do you think that your perception plays a part in all of all of it well of course i mean i can't perceive anything unless i've been informed about it in the first place so naturally yeah but then it's the it's the choice you take from that act of perception whether it's a hard life or not right um, like the things that are befalling you or that you may be befalling over <laughs> like yeah. it's how, it's how you see it well i i don't know it's like uh getting busted really really hurt me and um i got panic attacks from it and i've never been able to deal with stress uh properly since and you know thinking back maybe i never actually dealt with stress appropriately in the first freaking place but uh mm-hmm. the the difficulty of living life right now isn't necessarily to do with stress. It isn't necessarily to do with uh, other people. It's to do with me and my own self-destructive nature. You know, being mean yes. to my friends or uh, being 
uh, lazy and not doing my archives or playing video games instead of uh, going to meetings and, and, and stuff like that, you know? You, um, you are your own worst enemy, pretty much. And uh, I'm, I'm still working through that. Just did a uh, couple of um, tests today. It's like, how emotionally old are you? And uh, I'm apparently as emotionally <laughs> old as a teenager. And uh, I was just like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not good i got people looking up to me who, who come to me for advice and stuff like that and this is not not, not ideal and um but apparently the uh, the whole spirit of a teenager is you're trying to find yourself and you're trying to find your place in the world and i think that that's that's basically what i'm what i'm trying to do uh because uh, this world's really really big uh, almost as big as my ego, and so I want to insert myself <laughs> into it as forcibly as possible. <laughs> oh my God, Vinny! <laughs> so when you dream, I'm just going to get on with this. When with this part, like when you dream, how how does it play out? Is it black and white? Is it hyper color? Is it like a cartoon? Is it like life? Um, you remember the show called Fear Factor, and 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 one of the one of the uh, stunts that they got the people to do was they had a tippy table suspended high in the air, and every time you ran to one end of the table, it would start to tip that way, and then you had to run back to the other end of the table uh, and, and grab it before it tipped back the other way and threw you off, kind of thing. That's kind of like what my dreams were like trying to get to somewhere and then trying to get back to where I was before the somewhere where I was going to uh, uh, throws me off. Right. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> That's just life in general. It sounds like. Well, 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 the thing is my, 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 my life is like a dream and my dreams are like life. So I sort of yes. traded, I traded them at some point. Yes. And you know, what point do you think that was? I don't know. Probably about the time I started talking to Mark Passio about the occult and natural <laughs> law and stuff like that, when you start to realize, oh my God. Uh, or, or it might have been the time when I realized I was a narcissist, or it might have been the time when I got busted. It might, who, who knows when it was? There's a whole bunch of things that happen to you in your life. And if you ignore them, you continue being a piece of shit. And if you use uh, life lessons and and all of this sort of stuff, you'll often have uh, idols, mentors, or something like that that have actually helped you get there, you know? Um, and, it's, and it's often very important for people to uh, pay a lot of respect to their mentors, uh, to their idols and things like that, and acknowledge their, uh, their contributions to your life, you know? Who've been your mentors? Um, I had uh, mentor Mitch Santel uh, when I started the show. Got uh, Danny Romero from American Freedom Radio and uh, John Eisen from uh, Uncensored Magazine and Catherine Smith from the New Zealand Journal of Natural Medicine. I had, um, what's his name, Vapi Kupinga from uh, Radio Watia, Urban Māori Radio. Um, yeah, what about of... when you were younger? It seemed to like, no. it's like a young life doesn't exist. Yeah, that's because I had no mentors and I was just basically a really horrible, violent, thieving uh, uh malicious kid you know because that was how i was treated and that's how i treated the world mm -hmm. yeah that's too bad 
Well, at least you knew how to overcome adversaries in your dreams with the God mode. Yeah. It might also be an immature trick as well, you know, because um, that's just lucid dreaming, isn't it? Because you can control the, the reason why you're in a dream is because it's your dream. It's your manifestation of your subconscious. And if you suddenly realize, hey, wait a second, I am in a dream. I can control this because it's my subconscious. There you go. Were you always able to do that, Vinny? Were you always able to get lucid? Or did it, is it something that happened later? Uh, well, the thing is, people have, have uh, very different experiences with lucid. Yeah, put too much uh, stock or thought into my dreams uh, because I'm usually focused on the things I'm doing while I'm awake. You know, and that's, that's, um, that's something that a lot of people have been telling me to do, Vinny, oh, you need to meditate, you need to meditate. And I, and I was like, well, hold on a second. You go meditate for half an hour, and I'll spend half an hour editing this video, and we'll see which of us accomplishes something in the real world first. All right? Um, and take a deep breath. <sighs> Open your eyes. And then you're here in the present moment, and you can get stuff done in the present moment. The, one of the internal dialogues is the function of dreaming. And so, and since you're going to go to bed and sleep, it doesn't really take time away from your day side life. Mm. Well, I, I never have any trouble getting to sleep. And, and for the last, for, for a long time now, actually, I've been sleeping and, and, and I very rarely dream. Or if I do dream, I wake up and I don't, don't remember them or something like that. Um, because I love my dreams during the day. And then when I get tired, I go to bed. And then when I wake up to take a piss, I realize I can't get back to sleep. So I have to keep doing stuff, you know? So, so, so that's, that's sort of the routine. You know, you can't, can't really. I'm with you take that. That yeah. I'm with you. When I wake up, I, I'm not one to flounder around in the bed. I will, I will get up and get stuff done, but it's at the same time, there's always something mysterious about the process of dreaming. And this is beyond the unloading of your daily stuff, right? The daily shake that you have to do or that is, is on your mind, the deeper layers. And some say the more exciting layers that are, you know, where bigger stuff's going on. It seems like it's more fully immersive. And you mentioned lucidity earlier. And I just wonder does that not excite you when you get lucid in a dream? No, nah, not really. I mean, it's it's really only real world things uh, that excite me now. And uh, because dreams are subjective and interpretational and uh, I'm a man, so I like black and white. I like logic. I like facts, yes. you know, uh, that, that kind of thing. So subjective dreams, even, even my own dreams and things of that nature. And uh, yes, Space Academy, we are live. He's in the chat room here. He's here watching a premiere last time where we, we had a chat after the show and he was so really upset about it. <laughs> why did Vinny not escape my so This is Vinny live. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, the, well, we've also got a 30-second delay on the, uh, on the YouTube live stream, so he'll uh, know that in a moment. So, uh, Nox Mente, N-O-X. Okay. That's what that's what we're talking about. Sorry, where were we? I'm I'm a little bit frazzled right now. I'm I'm I'm. No, that's all right, and that's my rule here is to just try and keep us on the train. So, with lucidity, though, when we're talking about deeper, so when you get past the daily stuff, right, in your dreams, the 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 stuff that can keep you up, 
when you're down at the deeper layers, is there not, and when you're lucid, for me, let me put it this way, Vinny, for me, when I'm lucid, it feels as real as this. And so sometimes it's actually hard to discern which is more real, this or when I'm lucid in a dream, because that- yeah, I've uh, never had that. Um, okay. So, you know, what I said, lucid, I don't, I don't mean like lucid dreaming like other people think. I'm just more like thinking, you know, many, many years ago, um, I had this realization in my dream. Hey, hold on a second. This is my dream. And I put in the cheat code. And that's about the extent of my lucidity when it comes to dreaming. In terms yeah. of remembering them, no. Nah. Um, yeah. So basically, if you've, if you've got like a whole stack of questions about my dreams, I'm, I don't know what to tell you. I've got nothing. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Uh, trust me. I am a horse of many colors. <laughs> So, uh, you know, I'm more interested, actually, and I think anyone that listens to Nox Mente a lot understands this. We're more interested in kind of the philosophy of or the ideas of how it all overplays. So you mentioned about life and reality a lot. Is there, you know, that immediately makes me think, what's your perspective on death? Um. Keanu Reeves uh, said this great thing uh, recently. Uh, Stephen Colbert asked him, what do you think happens when we die? And Keanu just thinks about it for a second. And he goes, all the people that love you will miss you. You know, and I just found out today that um, when Keanu was younger, he, uh, he lost a girlfriend, you know. Uh, one of his uh, parents died, you know, that kind of stuff uh, real early on in life. He's become sort of like this this icon of like the good dude, you know? Yes. That That's kind of it. Everybody loves Keanu now, don't they? Right. Yes, and it's, of and course. It's because he's that, he's that good dude. He's that, he's that protective father. He's, he's emotionally uh, uh, open and he's uh, friendly to people, you know, that kind of thing. And I was just like, you know, everybody needs to be a little bit more like Keanu. That's what I, I think about death. <laughs> that's a great example and i can pull right up to that it is it's interesting that your thoughts about death really mirror somebody else's though makes me have questions <laughs> well go ahead uh, I, i'm not even gonna pursue that but i'm just wondering as far as states of consciousness consciousness and where we are now is it, you know, I'm sure you've heard some of these theories and they, they may be far out and I'm sure they could be bollocks to you. I don't know. But these ideas that, that we could already be dead and we're just working through an afterlife, you know, trajectory of what's gone on, uh, that all of this delusionary and uh, all that. So where do you, what do you think about all these kinds of existential ideas well, about? Well, somebody asked me one time, okay, Vinny, let's give it to us straight. Do you think the world is flat or do you think it's round? And I go, well, it's neither. It's actually a holographic fractal representation uh, created by collective consciousness that's now experiencing itself subjectively. All right? It's very yes. simple. Now yes. <laughs> 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 oh, well, of course. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So, so what that what that means is a, a hologram is a um, 
it's a memory conduit that experiences stuff kind of like we do, except in slightly less detail. So you'd be looking at something in 4K, the hologram will remember it in 1080. Uh, but lo lower down, you know, you've got other holograms that are even smaller than that and smaller than that. All right. So that's the way information and physical constructs are stored across the universe. So whether you look at a human cell, it's kind of like a sphere. It has twin magnetic fields where you zoom out and you go to a human being, twin magnetic fields, kind of it operates in a uh, spherical um, shape you know when you when you've got your arms outstretched and your legs outstretched they actually form a circular um a toroidal space around field, you. right is yeah and you zoom out of the uh the earth same shape you zoom out of the galaxy same shape you it's like zoom out of the uh, red dwarf star class well the, see that's where the fractal comes up okay so yeah. yes. each of these are a holographic fractal okay now now the thing is they're all co-creating each other so uh, this is why people are really into astrology is because the planets' movements and things like that affect your life uh, uh, to a, a degree. And uh, people realize this. So the entire universe is creating itself together. All right. And we are experiencing it subjectively. So that's existence in a nutshell, as far as I'm concerned, a holographic fractal uh, creation of collective consciousness now experiencing itself subjectively. So if it if it's if it is a fractal hologram, what is the? And I don't disagree entirely. What is the purpose of populating the rest of the universe with stuff? Well, it's subjective. So for me, it's different to you, uh, and that's what the collective consciousness has given us. It's given us subjectivity. Mm -hmm. So uh, for me, the purpose of my life is to expose scumbaggery and smoke weed. Okay, so there's. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. <laughs> All right. So, you know, and each and every person is a different uh, thing. And the, the reason why this is for me is because I really love exposing scumbaggery. And I really love weight. So, so you know, you, you've, got to do what, you've got to do what you love. Um, and this comes into what's known as the natural law principle. So mm -hmm. if you want to know something, you've got to do the who, what, when, where, why, and how. Somebody could ask me pretty much any question about weed. I can guarantee you the thousands upon years of history of, of uh, weed that I've been uh, chugging through for, <laughs> for, the, <laughs> for a long time. I, I can answer a lot of questions about that. So that's the first stage in the Holy Trinity. Second stage in the Holy Trinity is to be able to understand something so well that if somebody does ask you questions about your favorite subject, who, what, when, where, why, how, you'd be able to answer them like this. No problem, right? Like David Icke. Then, then your last part, and this is what completes your circle, this is what completes the Holy Trinity, this is what everybody here is to do. Once you have investigated, understand, then your obligation is to teach. Okay, so uh, right now, I guess I'm probably investigating and understanding scumbaggery and weed, and eventually I'll teach scumbaggery and weed to other people, you know, <laughs> <laughs> a, little bit of a, a little bit of a simplistic way of looking at it, but you get the general, the, the gist. Totally. So in the, in this whole fractal idea, and it, so is it, is that even, is that sim reality? to some level, first of all, what you were just describing? No, no, no. It means that you have an effect over the entire universe that lives within you and the entire universe without you in little small uh, ways that you can't perceive. 
so if you're going through life and you're all aggressive uh, and uh, you're in low base consciousness, that kind of thing, uh, that's going to affect the people around you and they're going to affect the world around them and the whole world is going to be affected. Um, and that's, that's kind of like in a very small way how that works. Uh, for example, the seven smile effect, I'm not sure if it's called that, but some dudes did a study one time. They would smile at somebody and then they would have other people uh, walking, that kind of thing, and they would track that person and see on average how many people they would smile to. And on average, for every one smile you give somebody, uh, they will give that smile seven times to other people. Okay, so each of those seven people will then uh, turn on a smile seven other people and that kind of thing. So that becomes a fractal. That, that, that uh, one smile can bleed across the entire world. That actually raises the vibration just a tiny little bit. And when people are really, really focused on doing the right thing and and, and doing what's right to the universe, doing what's right for them, and uh, what they know to be right, the right thing to do, that kind of thing. The universe is affected by it. And what that means is, like, in terms of scale, I've got cells in my body. Now, within those cells, there are other cells. Within those other cells, there are other ones, infinitely down the scale. And you look at that and you go, wow, that's amazing. So everything I do in my body affects all of the cells within my body, all the infinite civilizations of uh, different scales that live beneath them. So what is the point of life? Maybe be responsible because what you do affects the entire universe. So, how, so let's take this and bring it back home to you. So how does that apply to, say, the stuff that's just befallen you recently? Um, with this perspective and this mindset, how is that? So why is this shit happening to you? If, if you have such a, um, if there's such a causality to all this. Um, why is it happening to me? What do you mean? Yeah. Well, the nasty stuff that just happened, getting demonetized and all this stuff that's just been that's happening to other people but we're talking to you you're talking to us so i'm just trying to get examples from you you know how is this in the the fractal idea of all this how is this why would this nasty stuff befall you if all your your intent is good and to expose scumbaggery and tomfoolery and all that why is this I'm, I'm, I'm opposing the chaos of the universe, and the chaos of the universe does not go willingly. Mm-hmm. Okay? That's why it's happening to me, and I knew it would happen to me. Um, and that's another part of the, uh, the story that I forgot to mention. In order to be a teacher, you have to make sacrifices. In some cases, the ultimate sacrifice. And I'm prepared to do that because it's my place. You know, so simple, simple as that. It's just like you, you either expose scumbaggery or the entire world's going to get enslaved and subsequently exterminated. So it's like it's not a, really a choice for me. It's more a lack of options. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm personally glad that you do what you do. And, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of yours. So I'm just, I'm just trying to get this on a level that some people that may not understand some of these concepts can grasp. Uh, at the same time, I'm wondering also if you can go in, if you have this ability internally through an internal structure through, say, 
dreaming or meditation or just deep thinking where we can go into God mode on ourselves. Is there not a way to, to do that externally? I mean, isn't there a connection between your inner world and your outer world through this whole fractal of consciousness mode that you've put forth? Well, the, the, the thing about the fractal and hologram is that everything affects everything. Right. You know, and, and so that's, that's what I'm trying the, to tie it into the, the idea of internal, your internal. You see where I'm going with that? No. Because it's my internal, and, and if I can't see it. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> it just seems to me that what would be the function? So what is the function of having, why would we dream if there's no point to it? Well, there is a point to it, because if you go without sleep and you don't dream, you turn into a psychopath. All right. Uh, they've done some sleep studies and, and things like that. The Russian sleep study was probably the most extreme. Um, yes, where yes. By, by the end of it, uh, people were taking pieces of their own face off and eating them um, and had superhuman strength um, and were uh, vicious and cruel and mean and, and disgusting and disturbing, ghoulish-like creatures. This is what we all turn into if we let it happen, okay? Uh, this is what the sleep prevents us from becoming. This is why you have dreams, so that you don't become your nightmare. Mm, oh, well said, Vinny. I'm, I'm just was, making shit up, so I don't know. <laughs> that was actually one of those give me some chills moment, a moment there like that. Yeah. Uh, that, that was very well said, actually. Yeah, those studies were gruesome. And, you know, there's a lot of thought they were debunking that too the extremity of you robot it out uh, oh, you sorry. robot it out i know it's the it's this it's this interstellar connection we have here so so okay so have you ha dealt with it all in your in your sleep experience any paralysis um well I guess I'm paralyzed when I sleep, but apparently not. Like the reason we and my wife <laughs> sleep in separate beds is because um, she's not. No, no, it's because I. <laughs> it's because I toss and turn and, and that kind of thing, and I and I and I talk and I talk in my sleep, and she just can't handle it. And she um she grew up in South Africa in a very um dangerous you know uh, country that kind of thing. So you know. A mouse could sneeze next door and she'd wake up. So yeah. this is, um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. Am, am I para paralyzed when I'm asleep? No, and I haven't experienced sleep paralysis. Okay, good. Well, sleep, talking in your sleep's interesting too. Uh, so, all right. Apparently, I do accounting in my sleep. Like I talk about <laughs> how, much, how much money shit costs and. You're very left-brained. Yeah, I can see that. Lamenting in your dreams. <laughs> Definitely. I can see that. Is there, there's, what is the, Jerry, what is Solaris's idea here about um, being programmed? 
through dreams and all of that it seems like it kind of vibes a little bit i know vinny's talked to people who have disclosed alleged information that there's dream chicanery going on dream fuckery people groups of whatever broadcasting thoughts to people Is that what you're talking about? Oh, in fact, that reminds me. I did have a dream a, a while back. It was about my go. wife having sex with another man, and I and I woke up and I was really like and I was really like sad and stuff like that. And I was just like, "That's my pussy." What? Is this? <laughs> <laughs> oh my! <laughs> I never had one of them. Pray you don't, bro. You, you, you get up feeling very emasculated, I'm telling you. <laughs> and that's no way to start a day. <laughs> yeah, but as soon as I did some weights and my testosterone started getting up, I was like, yeah, yeah. And then I went and went and shagged my wife. It was good. Yeah. <laughs> Reinforce that. In fact, that morning, I, I, uh, directly after having the dream, I just basically made my wife coffee, climbed to bed with her, and shagged her almost immediately after telling her that. And she was like, oh, baby, here's some pussy. You know? <laughs> Dude, you could have milked that for a blowjob. Right. Oh, I, I, I milked it all right. All I right, milked right. it all right. Now, anyway. <laughs> no, no pun intended. <laughs> Oh. This is real world problem solving. This is what people need to hear for real. Yeah. <laughs> so is there See, this is how I drank my dreams reality as a cock going in my wife and then it turns out to be mine. So yeah, it works. <laughs> yeah, there's there's something going on there. Do you is so is there are we being do you think we're being manipulated through our sleep and dreams? Uh I don't know. Maybe. Apparently, as soon as you dream, is the same thing as when you die. A little bit of DMT gets released, and you start to have uh, hallucinations and things like that. And some of them can be pretty uh, compelling, you know, that kind of thing. So I don't know. They could be definitely uh, screwing with dreams. Because did you know that your cells interpret those signals as light? So when you're sleeping, you are interpreting light, so you don't sleep as well. Why is everybody depressed? Why is everybody so fatigued? Why are people committing suicide <laughs> left, right, and center? Why are there so many narcissistic psychopaths? Hmm. I think this could be one factor, one of many. Yes, absolutely. I, so, you know, and then we move into 5G and and then all the factoring. I can't remember where your country stands. Were you one of the countries that's not having 5G? Uh, no, no, we we were uh, fixing to roll it out. I mean, I was uh, previously the admin of uh, 5G Free New Zealand until they um, kicked me off because I posted their video and had their contact details on it. So that's pretty sad. But anyway, uh, yeah, 5G, once it goes in, oh, man, that's that's not good for anyone because the one thing that people are really, really talking about is the health impacts. The one thing people are really not talking about is the surveillance impacts. Yes, I'm talking mm. about that. <laughs> and control aspects. Yes. Yeah. Well, the thing is, if you've got total surveillance, you've got total control. And 5G is the only thing that actually has the bandwidth so that you could actually have information off of every single electronic device within your uh, uh, home 
feeding data to the big central supercomputer and stuff like that that controls everybody's life. I'm sorry, Hal. <laughs> it's, it's only just it's just a you know thicker stream of data than what they get today it's it's a, a quantum leap okay so i know, it's I know it's kidding it's very deceptive when they call it 1g 2g 3g 4g because because when you get to 5g you think oh it's just the next step no no this is totally different yes, they have to cut is. down all your trees, ladies and gentlemen. If you live in a city that has trees higher than four meters, you won't. Okay? If you have any trees that have leaves on them all year round, you won't. Okay? Because they're in these tiny little millimeter waves that can't get through foliage. All right? Yeah. So our Agenda 21 eco smart cities and things like that, that the 5G is predicated upon, won't look green like cities at all. No. You know what's interesting, Vinny, is I next week I have tree service coming to cut down some of my trees because oh, they've changed out the street lights here and they put in these new street lights and all the trees down the street under the street light died from these new LED lights. Well, that's because the LED lights are embedded with the 5G little antennas. Yes. And the 5G antennas give off those millimeter waves now they'll even have ext extreme stuff like let's say a, a smart meter which is like a one one hundredth the power of a, a extreme high frequency uh, radiation device like uh, 5g that's what it's actually called that's its technical name extremely high frequency radioactive uh, uh internet okay <laughs> Sounds appetizing. <laughs> Sounds great. You know, why why not put this every 50 meters? You know, this is this is gonna be fantastic. Oh my god, I can't believe the benefits. I can download a movie in seconds and get cancer in years. <laughs> and, and just just to be safe, they're gonna beam it at us from space and balloons or satellites. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A technology that can't beam a hundred feet is somehow going to have satellites beaming that shit at us from space. All right? Yeah, I don't know. How just, it works. just, 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 just ruminate, ruminate on on the internal logic of that statement. It's horrible. It is. It's horrible. Uh, you know, the funniest thing is, uh, as soon as I learned that five G was actually going to be rolled out. And, you know, I think it was like maybe something like Deborah Tavares. I can't recall. But I had heard, I knew that it was a weaponry system and, and seen some of those studies with, with crowd. Uh, it's, it's called LRAD, all right? It's, uh, yes. It's Mexican for the coolness. Now, the, you know what, LRAD. But, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I can assure you, ladies and gentlemen, when LRAD. Is on you. It's not cool, is it? <laughs> okay, so oh my God, yes, <laughs> your uh, your hairs, ladies and gentlemen, that come out of your pores, uh, they're all uh, uh, done with your DNA, that kind of thing. So they're actually fractal antennas. That's why your DNA goes in a coil like that. Okay, so they're able to pick up signals. So what they figured out with L with uh, L Rad is that is that when they shoot that at you. They can get your hairs and your pores to interpret certain sensation. For example, burning alive. 
Oh, there's a whole bunch of protesters here who don't like first, yes. who don't like forced vaccines. Let's see how they like feeling like they're burning alive. <laughs> Some of the frequent the frequency band of 5G I do know does encompass that crowd control weapon that does make your skin feel like it's burning. That is true. Well, it's even it's even better than that. Mm. The uh, the MK Ultra uh, studies uh, back in the day, uh, they'd drill holes into people's skulls and put electrodes into them, and then send, yes. send signals down the electrodes to figure out what emotion is on what signal. Okay, mm-hmm. so they'd send one signal down. This person would be like. <gasps> Okay, that one's uncontrollable. Fear. Next one, please. Oh, gotta kill everybody. Okay, that one's psychotic range. What about this one here? I gotta kill myself. I gotta kill that suicidal. What about this one? You know, the, that kind of thing. They just ran through the spectrum and then they added each and every one of those spectrum signals onto the backbone of the 5G network. So let's say you want an entire city block to suddenly have a riot because you need to do testing uh, for your new anti-riot police that don't have any experience in cracking people on the head. Let's say you've got a uh, couple of people in a building or something like that, uh, and you need to um, have them commit suicide immediately. Let's say you have a uh, political uh, opponent or something like that who's exposing your agenda to uh, ruthlessly and save the entire human race, and then you can just flick a switch and turn them into a crazy person and nobody listens to them anymore. Okay? Total control of all human behavior at all times and total surveillance of all human activity at all times. That is 5G. Yeah. You know, this is, and so this is what I was talking about with Solaris Blue Raven earlier, and I can't remember the complete hypothesis hypothesis but she's written like three books on this and where you can't even trust your dream content now because of all the nanoparticulates and i mean we've just we're weaponized now our biology is now being used against us obviously and with 5g coming on and the connection of everything uh and then what they're saying is a bud a budging uh burgeoning AI, which I think has already been fully in place for a long time, but I'm radical like that. I think we're way beyond. Uh, There is reason to fear what's going on internally with, say, not just your dream life, so something you think is intimate, like dreams, and personal, and just yours, like dreams, but also this deepens the idea of the voice to skull technology, right? Where we hear it in our heads and, you know, someone over here hears Jesus saying, jump off the cliff, you know, and I will give you all my bounty. Well, they they uh, tested it in, uh, in Iraq, actually, I think in the, it might've been the first desert storm or the second desert storm. It was both. Uh, where they had microwave microwave emitting tanks that had an array on it, and they would shoot the array at a bunker full of Iraqi soldiers, and they would hear the voice of Allah in their head. Okay? Yes, they yes. Had to lay down their arms and come out and surrender. Right, and that frequency that they used to broadcast that is incorporated into five G. So they'll even be able to tell you what your own thoughts are. Right, which well, is what Solaris know, now- talks about. 
Yeah, Solaris is right there with all this. I mean, now with uh, with the identity tracking, you know, people think they can cover their faces. They could, this this tracking now is down to your heartbeat and your finger length and all this. I mean, there's no way, especially once five G is fully fully in service, which is akin to, you know, Hollywood foreshadowing like skynet and hell right you know it's it's been presented to us for a long time these ideas so when they come into play it's not foreign and people perceive perceptions right perceive uh at least some have some idea of the totality of what's going on and this, this is the point where i'm talking about how do we know what's what's real anymore when this kind of technology is all around us how do you know what is real well we don't know uh, we don't know what's real um uh, not necessarily due to the technology per se but because the disinformation and propaganda campaigns of the cia and and the mainstream media have been remarkably successful okay so who what when where why how okay if you can answer the questions about something you know then then you understand that's reality okay but if you can't or if they give you vague responses to those answers, that's not reality. That's, that's how I've, I've learned to discern it. If you can prove it to yourself by asking who, what, when, where, why, how, and finding the evidence, it's totally real. If you can't, or if you find vague references, well, he said he was doing this, he said he was doing that. Really, did he? Where's, where's the record of that? Where's the record of it actually being done? How did he do it? When did he say it? You know, that kind of thing. You, you, people make claims all the time and they can't back any of them up yeah and nobody really calls them on it because we, we're trying to be too polite <laughs> so not <stupid>. anymore <laughs> <laughs> you need to meet this guy named Corey. no i'm kidding um <laughs> so what do you think uh <laughs> what do you think about the alleged ufo disclosure that's happening right now what what alleged UFO yeah, you know this, this build up of ufo news and and whatnot in the media at least in our media i don't know if you're you're being touched by it really we're getting no, ba- not at all. uh we're being bombarded um, with ufo shit crazy amounts of it oh, okay what what kind of ufo stuff are we talking interdimensional outer space flying sources it's, or, it, or it's it? nuts and bolts the information is nuts and bolts and it's coming from exactly. uh, that Tom DeLong organization, TTSA, and in conjunction with the History Channel's new show called Unidentified. Then there was the Bob Lazar movie that came out, and he's making the circuit now, and it's all about physical flying saucers. But it's on our it's on local news and stuff, so it's in yeah. the main programming. It's it's being programmed or it's being released in mainstream programming, which is what's new about it. Well, that's not that's not new at all. Because uh, uh, Hollywood's been making alien films for years, right? Sure. You know, uh, that kind of thing. Alien invasion, and the kill the alien scum, that kind of thing. Well, what makes you think that the news is reality? Or that well, it has, no, we, it, or it no, has we, any I'm interest? I'm with you, Vinny. I'm 100% with you. I, think oh, it's I, I know, but, I'm, but, I'm, but I'm, I'm, I'm leading to something here. Uh, so, so what the whole idea is, is so that people will think that there's either an alien threat that isn't the ruthless authoritarian government and worry about that instead of the ruthless authoritarian government. All right, so, so 
What's happening right now in the United States in regards to ruthless authoritarian government and the build-up to war at the same time that this UFO disclosure is going on? Yeah. Is that a curry fucking ossity? You know? Yes, they're linked. <laughs> now we know. Okay. And, and, don't, and don't forget the calls for censorship and prosecution of those who don't agree with the narrative. Except the people who are arguing about the UFO narrative. Okay, so... <laughs> If you're on the left or you're talking about stuff that's, that doesn't matter, well, that was the thing as well. Um, I had this uh, conversation with uh, the, the flat earth guy, Mark Sargent or whatever, nice guy. Mark's cool. um, and, and, I, and I said, you know, well, here's, here's the question. What do you think is more important right now, uh, stopping GMOs, fluoride, uh, uh, aluminium being sprayed out of the thing and the 5G and, and, and such and such and blah, 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 or convincing people that the earth is flat? You know, I mean, because in my mind, we're going to be exterminated by ruthless criminal sociopathic scumbaggery before we've even managed to finish the debate, you know? So I figure, you know, there's a lot of times that we can uh, just come together on the points that we agree, and we can table these discussions for points that we disagree until such a time as we're no longer under the threat of enslavement and subsequent extermination by ruthless criminal sociopathic scumbaggery. Now, that's just me. You know, I like to prioritize shit in that in such a way. Mm -hmm. I, I'm curious where you stand on or what, you know, what, what do you think about AI it, just in general? Um, well, that was the uh, Canadian uh, surveillance program called AI. Uh, but there was. <laughs> hey, I saw you. Yeah. 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 God, I'm terrible today. Just, just awful. You Ladies need a drum set behind you. You need, you know, with the boom, boom, boom. Oh man. Well, actually, we we were doing a um, a flamenco guitar strum, like like a Vinnie would tell a bad joke and then ching on the guitar. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it works, man. It's good. <laughs> um, but, but. What were, we, what were we talking about? The, the UFO disclosure and, and, and uh, that kind of AI. thing? Oh, AI. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Okay, so AI and 5G, intimately linked, all right? Because you're going to have so much data on everybody that you won't be able to hire enough people with no conscience to keep looking through it, you know? <laughs> kind of thing. It's just the amount of people with no conscience doesn't exist in, in, in such huge numbers, not yet. But but in the meantime, they're going to get uh, AI supercomputers to chronicle and categorize absolutely everything. Uh, hi, gang stalking Australia. What a, uh, welcome to the chat. That's a interesting note to leave off. Anyway, uh, so you're going to have surveillance of everything, and you're not going to be talking to customer service anymore. You're going to be talking to AI, and they're already starting this now. So they've got um, AI written articles. You don't know that they're AI written articles. AI uh, written music. You don't know that uh, it wasn't done by an artist. Artwork. You know, uh, artwork. Faces. The whole, the whole nine yards. So uh, essentially, that's how the elite plan to have society controlled without them having to do anything. Okay? So that they can uh, do their own psychopathic pursuits uh, as often as they want and not have to worry about the society uh, that they've created uh, going out of control because all the slaves will be under complete surveillance, and if they do anything wrong, the AI will just turn their chips off, and they won't be able to buy food or something like that, or they won't be able to travel into unauthorized zones, or automated robots will come and kill them if, they, if, they're, if they're getting too rowdy, you know, that kind of thing. 
and meanwhile the elite with, with and meanwhile the elite with the kma coded chips that means kiss my ass they can uh, just drive around anywhere uh whoring killing murdering raping children in, in broad daylight public anybody comes over to ask them or something like that and says you're under arrest and then scans their chips kiss my ass oh, oh, oh. sorry sir sorry sir you know that, that kind of thing they'll be able to do it kind of like they're able to do now but they have to hide it at the moment okay so there's huge amounts of pedophiles and murderers and all of this kind of thing that live in government you know these these are the highest respected individuals in in, in your country and they're the uh, the murdering raping pedophiles that should be in the nut house not jail because jails like where ordinary people are that aren't mentally ill these people are so crazy that they need to be uh, put in mental institution. And as uh, Lewis Black said, they should spend the rest of their life sitting next to somebody who's crocheting something. It's not there. Oh, dear. <laughs> I love so, Lewis Black. What happened to him? I know, right? Well, he, he did a um, thing called uh, Old Yeller, you know? And, um, he's, ah, uh, yeah. he's doing... And, and he's been in uh, films and things like that. Mm. A great film that he was in was uh, Man of the Year with uh, Robin Williams before he passed. Mm, I see. recommend it. If, you, if anybody's a truth of, oh, man, you got to watch Man of the Year. You're going to love it. Just like uh, Captain America, the Winter Soldier. If you're a truther, you're going to love it. Totally. Mind control. Super soldier programming. Mm. That's right. I've, all of the Avenger movies could be looked at in that fashion. All of Hollywood could. Yeah, true, I true, mean, true. The CIA has more published uh, films than the entirety of all Hollywood studios combined. All right. So uh, they have a press office so that if you mm. want to make a film and it has anything to do with the CIA, you call up the CIA and they'll help you. Mm. And they'll help you write your script so that they look good. So okay? nice of them. It's a massive propaganda network. And, um, you know, I wanted to watch the new Men in Black. I wanted to watch bloody, uh, what was it, Dark Phoenix or whatever that's come out. Mm -hmm. And then I just saw a video from uh, Computing Forever on the thing, Irish guy who I trust. And he, um, and he says that basically these two movies have been taken over by the social justice warriors. You know, oh, what have you men ever done other than build the world? You know, <laughs> that, is, that is very true. And um, I was going to, have you seen Captain Marvel yet? Unfortunately, yeah. Uh, I, I, I've got a hands off to the cat. All right. The cat was great in the that cat, movie. The cat was great. And, and Samuel L. Jackson was great. I liked the movie. Everything yeah. else was <laughs> freaking <parsi. laughs> uh And then the deleted scene came out where Captain Marvel uh, has this dude. He's going, oh, when you give me a smile, honey, you're kind of a creepy dude. But then she like breaks his hand, you know, like the Terminator. And then steals his bike and drives off. And I was just like, this, this chick's a villain. That was an actual a cut scene, wasn't it? Yeah. And, and that, that's what the, uh, the internet went about. It was just like, oh my God, they cut that scene because it would uh, show everybody what She's she really villain. is. Yeah. She's the villain. I mean, the, the hardcore, anti-far feminist uh, crew that's uh, running all over Portland right now, shutting down main streets and... <laughs> threatening people and throwing uh, milkshakes mixed with quick-drying cement on journalists that uh, expose their bullshit, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, shit's getting freaking serious out there, man. Mm -hmm. um, and 
Oh, McChemtrail Rider has, has, has joined the chat as well. Hey, bro, they haven't deported you yet. I hope not, because uh, we, we have to have more whiskey down at the, um, down at the fishing club, bro. Definitely. Um, which reminds me, uh, McChemtrail Rider, I need to ask you something. The band wants to come and play at the, uh, at the fishing club again. So if you want to hook that up, we'll come and play. But anyway, guys, sorry, that's an internal discussion. Where were we? <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious. So I'm curious about what are your thoughts on the Aboriginals' dream time? Um, I don't know anything about it per se. Um, are we talking about the uh, the alleged legendary like dream time before matter became matter, like in the, in the black and the darkness where there was nothing, and then uh, it was called the dream time, and then they came into the real world and manifested? Is that what we're talking about, or? I yes, yeah. yes, that's I exactly mean, it. That, that's it. That's okay, that's all I know. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, but as far as with your experience in, and what you've already told us about how, how you view dreaming and its function, you know, they have built this whole mythology around it and it, 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 it informs their lives in a whole different way. And so they've got this deeper and, you know, apparent, I'm not there. I don't know any, but. Well, I, I, I did interview an aboriginal leader once and um we came to the same conclusion about the movie avatar all right so avatar has got this scene where they're burying one of the navi and they bury it with this uh, with this with this nice seed kind of thing and it said out all energy is only borrowed and eventually you have to give it back all right and how all living things actually exist within a network of energy all right so that's basically what uh, James Cameron took from a lot of the native uh, stories, and then he fictionalized it and put it in a sci-fi movie with big guns, and people love it. Most uh, blockbuster uh, movie ever, I think, still hasn't been beaten at the box office. Wait a second. Unless Avengers Endgame. I don't know. I haven't uh, checked the box office. I don't think it did. I think Avatar still has a top. Uh... James Cameron, I mean, there's a reason he came to New Zealand. All right. And uh, I don't know what that reason is. I don't know why the elite are coming here because um, it's really expensive, you know? I mean, I remember one time, I think it was maybe five, eight, nine years ago or something, one of my listeners was asking me, hey, Vinny, how expensive is farmland in New Zealand? And I go, well, at the moment, there's two big uh, things up for sale. One of them got bought by James Cameron. And the other one's being contested by a massive Chinese conglomerate and uh, Faye Richwhite, all right, which is a New Zealand company owned by Michael Faye and uh, Richard Richwhite, I think, I'm not sure of his first name. And what they're famous for is buying up huge New Zealand companies and selling them to the Chinese. Okay, so really expensive farmland down here, folks. I got to tell you. And <clears throat> so he comes down here. Cameron didn't come down there to work with uh, Weta or Peter Jackson or anything. No, no, no. Like He's filming all his things here, so mm. uh, that's why you haven't really seen um, what's his name. Uh, who was the star of Avatar, Matthew? Or nobody? No, 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 no. The the, the main character in Avatar, uh, Jake Sully, or was whatever. Was it Tom Hardy? Uh, Sam Worthington. No, no. 
Sam Worthington, yeah. Haven't seen him in any uh, in much. I mean, he was in The Titan or some or something like that on Netflix uh, recently, but haven't seen him in much because they're they're filming a whole lot of Avatar sequels all back to back. Right, a, a remarkable amount of stuff that they've actually got to do uh, down there. But yeah, I mean, Weta Workshop and uh, New Zealand's actually become a film service. We don't have mm. a film industry. The United States has a film industry. We've got a film service where the United States contractors will come over here, make their films here. Uh, we've got lots of talented people and things like that, but we can't finance and distribute and do all of our films ourselves uh, to any uh, reasonable level, unlike the massive uh, United States uh, movie studios uh, run by the CIA. So, yeah, it's, um, we just do your bidding, you know, and we craft your propaganda for you and then send it, send it out and, and then Americans lap it up and uh, send us the Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> the circle of love. <laughs> That's okay. We've marginalized other countries. You're just you know, another oh, yeah, one of the pile. Out. You know, like all the animation, the solid animation, I think, still goes to Korea for like The Simpsons or any um, groaning product production, you know. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, you have to get the animation done there, don't you? I mean, if you, if you want that hand-drawn effect. Yep. Maybe, maybe somebody's going to create a computer program so that you can hand-draw stuff on a computer or whatever and have it actually look hand-drawn. Um, uh, I don't know. Yeah, it, it was called uh, the stuff they use for a scanner darkly, that movie. Yeah, rotoscoping. That type, rotoscoping, that type of effect yeah, usually yeah. mimics it well. well. That's how they did, uh, that's how they did um, the Star Wars lightsabers and stuff like that. Like, they didn't have mm. them going on stage or anything no. like that. They just... They just colored the lightsaber ends frame by frame by frame. God, what a horrible job. Right. A and horrible Luke, job. Lucas cut in actual flashes of color during the battle. I remember him talking about it once. Mm. Ding. What is that? It's somebody texted <laughs> really? me. It's my friend, Alec. Oh, yeah? Is he joining us? No. <laughs> I know for real. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> so Vinny, what, what do you think we can do in light of, or in looking down at this 5g bulldozer coming at us? Do we have, is there any recourse? I mean, what the hell, what are we going to do? There's recourse, there's intercourse, there's all sorts of courses we could take, but, but, uh, Hmm. Well, it all comes down to the individual. So f first of all, uh, we're not going to be able to fight this whole war alone. And, and that's what most people's big problem is, is they go out with a big, big goal that's way too big for themselves. I'm going to go out and save the world. I'm going to go out and convince everybody 9-11 was an inside job. Going to work, bro. Okay. You go out with a small goal. I'm going to tell this somebody, I'm going to tell this person something they can't unhear. You know, you can, you can achieve little things over and over and over again. But overall, we're looking at a huge um, command and control strategy. So uh, hmm. we'll do precisely to the New World Order what the Communist New World Order did to us. We're going to infiltrate all of their institutions. We're going to put our people in those positions of power. And before people even realize what's going on, we've indoctrinated an entire generation of youth through the public schooling system to teach them that their country is important and that they should defend it 
and that they need to be moral and they need to care about each other. And by the time that brainwashed generation taught in the ways of true patriotism comes to power, there won't be anything that could enslave humanity back again, not right away. It would have to take a couple more generations to brainwash another generation to do that. So I think basically, ladies and gentlemen, if you're a parent at this point, point in history and you're letting them uh, play on the iPad and, and all of that kind of stuff all the time and you're destroying their little minds and you're giving them cancer and you're giving them uh, electronic addictions and things like that, you're not doing your job, okay? And if you are a parent and you are doing a good job parenting and stuff like that, and then you come up to me and you say, Vinny, I don't feel like I'm doing enough against the new world order. Are you raising your kids right? So that they're moral and ethical and would uh, be there when the time comes to do what is necessary for humanity. Yeah. Well, then you're doing enough. Don't overburden yourself. One little simple thing. That's how the world becomes a much better place. But when we talk about the overall strategy, that's just on the individual level, but the overall strategy, you know. So we have to infiltrate the religions, infiltrate the media, infiltrate the government, infiltrate law, infiltrate medicine, and every single other uh, institution in society that has any power or societal influence. And we need to headhunt for. Uh, children from well-to-do families, children that are going to be influencers later on in life, and give them little scholarships or little uh, uh, nudges in the right direction and, and, and things like that, so that eventually, once they grow up, they are uh, beholden to the ideas that brought them henceforth. And uh, yeah, I think if it's nice and simple like that, and each and every individual goes and does what they're doing in these institutions, follow the uh, dictates of uh, the Chinese premier, Hu Jintao. This guy's a scary dude, man. All right? Because you know why? He got no personality, no edges. Why do you think he got to the top of a communist system? Because if you are shown to have any talent, if you're shown to be special, if you're shown to have individuality, they're not going to let you get any further. So you have to hide that part of yourself, folks. Once you get the power, then you can make the changes. But it's a huge sacrifice that everybody has to make because working in a job you hate for people you despise just so that somebody else in humanity doesn't have to live a horrific life is a huge burden for anybody to take on. The silent generation saw World War II, they had to scrounge, they had to work hard, they were guaranteed nothing in life. And they knew that everything in life that was of value, they had to fight for. Ladies and gentlemen, good times create weak men. Weak men create hard times, and hard times create strong men. I hope that you are willing to be hard on yourself and hard on each other when we falter and when we fail to do what is right. Only then can we get this job done and free humanity from the ruthless criminal sociopathic scumbaggery that assailed. Thank you. That was beautiful. I'm clapping over here. I'm voting for you, Vinny. <laughs>
Yeah, and that was the other thing. I've been asked to enter into politics by a number of different people and that kind of thing. So it's like, I could do some damage, man. You know, you give me a crowd and uh, that, that kind of thing, I'll make them love me. That's, that's the whole narcissistic manipulator uh, within me. Um, but my worst fear of that is that I would become my own enemy. You know what I'm saying? Like yes, how, yes. How, how good people get given power and stuff like that, that they haven't fucking earned. And then they betray everybody and they forget all the people that are suffering that actually got them there in that place in the first place. You know what I'm saying? I really don't want to become one of them. What do you think about reality consensus? So, you know, all that that implies, like the the way observing something changes it. So well, we talk about the masses. Well, it's the uh, the double slit experiment. So what yes, the, exactly. Um, okay, so just to uh, sum this up. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, let's say you've got an electron gun. All right, it just shoots electrons. Bang, 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 bang. All right, and you've got these two slits in front of you. And when you shoot an electron through in a, in a little tinfoil behind it, you expect the electron just go bang right through and then bang hit the tinfoil, right? No, not what happens. It turns into a wave form. Okay, so the solid object can turn into a wave. And then they're like, okay, that's, that's really interesting. What happens when we put a little camera right there in front of the slot to see how this stuff goes in? bang right on the on the backboards they're like oh my god observing reality changes it why because matter has consciousness okay the rock the stick it has consciousness and that's i think uh something that a lot of people uh don't realize is that you're a conscious being you know you've got thoughts and things like that but you didn't ask yourself how's this flower feeling today how's this tree doing that kind of thing imagine all of the things uh within the world that are physical and don't move and are untouched have feelings and emotions and when you interact with them they change because of that's what it is essentially ladies and gentlemen so your consciousness affects reality itself so try to be conscious, you know, that's all I'm saying. And this directly ties to what you said before, which I, I agree with, that you broadcast your, your energy out into the field and it affects the field, which affects the larger field, et cetera, and so on and so on. So, if, you know, it's kind of the same thing. Yeah, I mean, just keep doing what you're doing and persisting and be patient. Uh, so this... Um, Think the, the two qualities that billionaires share, other than being psychopaths, is <laughs> I'm not kidding about that. Um, is patience and persistence. All right, those are two traits that tell you not to give up. Okay, no, no, I don't care what you're saying. I'm persisting. No, I don't care how long it takes. I'm patient. All right. How do you think we're going to take out the system that enslaves us all? Patient, persistent. Victory is something that you have to manifest. Defeat is something you have to accept. Okay. Um, so what that means is essentially, anytime you want to win, you have to act like it. 
And anytime you think you're going to lose and accept it, you're going to lose, right? So I think uh, a positive attitude, even in the face of overwhelming odds, even in the face of overwhelming facts, deny reality if you must, if it gets you through the day. That's the thing. The, uh, the 300 Spartans, they were up against, you know, according to legend, over a million Persian troops. And they all died. But they caused such a disturbance, such pain to the advance of the Persian army, that it rallied all of Greece against them. Valor is not like bravery or courage. These things, you know, they, they turn up when you need them and, you know, oh, I'm very brave now and I'm very courageous then, and then it disappears. Valor is when you are facing a task or an enemy so gargantuan and insurmountable that your failure and your death is virtually guaranteed. But you stand your ground anyway because it's the right thing to do. This is the attitude that we're going to have to adopt, that it is victory or death. Because I believe if we accept defeat, we will be given death nonetheless. How will we know the difference in, say, genuine interactions? How will I know that I'm interacting with you in the future? as opposed to some sort of AI overlay that has come down through the grid, the 5G grid, the net that we're all trapped in, are going to be trapped in, and uh, it, that is also hacking our minds, hacking into our minds. How are we going to be able to parse through what's real and what's not? Uh, let me think about that for just two seconds. How are you going to figure out what's real and what's not based upon the reality that's put in front of you? And the answer is you won't be able to. Okay, we're going to be living in, a, in a, what's called an augmented reality. So uh, most of the things that we're looking at that we think are real won't really exist. And most of the things that we believe will be like. Okay, so uh, and once that happens and we're living in a fully augmented reality, it's already too late. The, the, the thing is, though, we're not at that point yet. Okay, so we can still think, we can still be active, we can still go to city council meetings, we can still take, we, sledgehammers still exist, and apparently 5G transmitters are very vulnerable to getting <laughs> smacked with this massive sledgehammer, you know, and I'm not saying, and by the way, no, I'm not saying go out there with sledgehammers and bash something up. And then tell them that I told you to do it. Just, just, just. <laughs> it was just a, a simple fact. You We're know, you know, I, I tripped, I fell, and the 5G <laughs> transmitter got smashed 500 times with a sledge. I don't, I don't know how it happened, officer. I must have blanked out. <laughs> uh -oh. what, I'm, what I'm saying is that there are levels, okay? There are levels of resistance that are tolerable during certain situations. Right now, we're at the situation where we don't need to be violent. We don't need to uh, vandalize uh, property or something like that. But what we do need to do is educate the public and organize the public to resist the implementation of 5G. Okay? Influence them, talk to them, that kind of thing. But just bear in mind, 
you only need about one percent of people behind you and then that's a huge amount of people now the main point of this is though that huge amount of people have to be willing to do anything and everything to get the job done they have to be willing to make sacrifices okay if you've got people like samuel adams great great person in in america's uh, founding father's history um he said words to the effect of if you prefer the comfortable chains of government rather than the uh, a difficult uh, pain of freedom leave this place in peace and may our countrymen forget that you were ever one of us that kind of uh, mentality this world is full of people who don't really believe what it is they're doing who don't really care about what it is that they're doing they're all going to die and you can't save them because they won't save themselves folks pearls before swine only talk to those who are listening they will live they will survive they will organize they will resist all the rest of the people you can't save them folks and you will kill yourself if you try find those who are worth saving find those who can activate and find them in your community so that you know that then when anything goes down you've got people in your community who are willing to take a stand and are taking a stand at all times i mean i'm not sitting in my office doing nothing in between shows all sorts of things are being done in all sorts of veins and i can't do nothing you know that's my um that's my personality type i'm the achiever i'm a self-censored achiever um so you're like a shark shark you can't stop moving uh i I guess maybe but who needs a spirit animal (laughs) but i'm so i'm curious here with like kind of weaving it back into nox mente's world is it possible through these things we've been talking about like the double slit experiment in particular that that is it possible that we could just be in a state of dreaming this is why I brought in the Aboriginals and Dream Time. And... Okay, well, ask all the Aboriginals who got shot by Australians in the 1970s before it was made illegal to shoot them as wildlife if they thought they were in the Dream Time and whether or not this was a reality or whether or not this was a dream, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, the problem is we, we, we live in a dual construct, okay? So uh, first dimension, that's a dot. Second dimension, it's a line. Yes. Third dimension, that's a box. You can see the yes. bottom, you can see the top. Fourth dimension is the box aging through time. And the fifth dimension is the box without time and without space. Okay, so the box doesn't really exist. It's not really there until it is there. Okay, this is the, um, this is the whole uh, quantum physics thing. Now, but that doesn't mean that we are in constant uh, fifth dimensional consciousness. All right, we're in constant three dimensional consciousness because. I can see you through the camera and so and so on. So forth. This is a three-dimensional world. It's got rules. I can't force my uh, hands through my desk, you know, that kind of thing, without breaking my hand. But the the point is there are rules to this universe. And if you understand that there's metaphysical interplay, that's cool because you can do little things within the three-dimensional universe uh, that don't make any sense to some people. Okay, so the way that this works is, and um, 
it's kind of basically how artists work that's more or less what i consider myself as more an artist than anything else um is that you use your fifth dimensional consciousness that is ideas that are in your head that don't exist in the three-dimensional space and mm -hmm. time time itself won't manifest them into existence okay so you have to have that inspiration in your fifth dimension and then you have to spend your fourth dimensional time working on your creation in the three-dimensional universe in order to manifest it into it. That's what being a creator is, okay? And once you've manifested that thing in the three-dimensional universe, everybody else who also lives in that three-dimensional universe will have their fifth-dimensional consciousness affected by the thing that you created, okay? Yes. It's a loop. <sighs> But that doesn't mean you can't do you don't have to do things in the real world you have to do things in the real world otherwise nothing gets done well and the only reason i ask that and and it's a, you know the idea of if you get cut you bleed you know real world causality experiences like actually dying and uh having to pay bills and all this stuff that that grounds us down here, which is really the gravity of it all, because we're all participating in it, uh, is how real is any of it anyway? I mean, Herman Hess went through his whole nervous breakdown in the book, his midlife crisis in Steppenwolf, where, you know, he says, I think the thesis of it is there's no time in eternity except for time enough for a joke. And so, you know, in the end, the reality bias, the reality line or point of projection seems fuzzy, especially when we're talking about things is um or out there is all of the all the theories, quantum theories, um, all of this stuff seems watery in the end when we're looking at our final point convergence with death. I mean, we're all taking a million roads there, but we all greet that point in time, which I think is, you know, you circle the dot, death and birth are the same thing. So, yes, I cut myself, I bleed. That That's not a good argument to me. Like, you know, people came over here and slaughtered. I have a lot, of, I have Native American blood in me and they and I don't have a chip on my shoulder, with. by the way, I don't care about any of those conversations, but you know they you know they brought in pox and they moved people to reservations and all that and yet native americans still to this day have a deep narrative of mythos well, some of them is, some of them do is is probably the exact same thing that happened to the the new zealand maori when they got colonized is uh, their culture got systematically step by step destroyed and now the vast majority of the young people of that culture are living in cities and have no connection to the land or their ancestors or the, or the ancient sacred teaching. It's a little bit different over here because a lot of people that actually have enough native blood here are still deep, whether they're in reservation ghettos, which a lot of them are ghettos, by the way. Um, but, 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 or, but from a broader perspective, we all are right in, in that boat too. I mean, it's not just the Native Americans. 
I'm just using it as an example and of uh, we've all been conquered. And, and so, yeah, I mean, we've got to get out of victim mentality, first of all, people. It's just we've got to move forward. But I'm just saying with cultures, so from a cultural standpoint of genetic culture, especially, there's mythos that tie us into into uh, stuff that is that can fall into the woo of like having a narrative that involves dreams and the other worlds and uh, stuff that is that seems not tangible to where we are now that doesn't tie into the well, modern day narrative. Well, yeah, I mean, what was his name? Albert Einstein allegedly he got he had dreams and then and then come up with a lot of the stuff that he did. Uh, Nikola Tesla uh, himself yes. as well yes. same, same same deal there. Uh, so that's where your uh, that's where your inspiration comes from but if you don't spend your time on that inspired thought and work on it to will it into the three-dimensional reality you are wasting your inspiration I agree I'm an artist and so I'm always making stuff and selling stuff and all that I agree with you 100% there I'm just trying to understand the sliding factor of consciousness so like to me it seems like when i'm having a, a lucid dream or i'm actually out of my body my consciousness is there it's not in this body and it's not in this waking life it's in an, it's in another space another time you know what i'm saying i mean you don't know what i'm saying but or do you Vinny? no i don't, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> you lost me too you were just talking and talking you were babbling i'm like what is she talking about oh lord um it was a run-on question <laughs> yeah it's no it's just like sliding it's a whole union thing too changing consciousness at will where is the point of consciousness where's the focal point of consciousness right now it's in our in you know hopefully in but jerry my, your, the your point of consciousness point. is always right now right here and it's the only yes. place where consciousness exists I, uh, were exactly. you talking about that's them my point. talking that's about my like, point so when you're conscious when you're dreaming and you realize you're dreaming is that not where your consciousness is well it's your subconscious so your consciousness is only really working while you're awake your subconscious, on the other hand, uh, that can send you signals well, that will then affect your perceptions and your consciousness and stuff like that. So, for example, um, I'm a radio, and inspiration is the signal that I interpret. Mm -hmm. That's how that works. Yeah, I get that. I, I totally get that. I'm just trying. I'm just playing devil's advocate with you. So, <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know. We're going to advocate for the Satanism, but the no, 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 no. I know, I know. I'm fucking with you. So, <laughs> okay, so uh, it's all demons. Well, that's, everything that's is demons. Interesting thing. Um, what's the ancient uh, Arabic word uh, for alcohol? It's alcohol. That's where the word ghoul comes from, right? And yes. In, and in the West, we call them spirits. Okay. What happens when you drink too much alcohol? What happens to your spirit? Or have you been, or what happens when somebody's way too drunk? Do they appear to be possessed? Absolutely. By, by spirits, you see? Um, so th I thought that was quite an interesting one here because a lot of the times when we're uh, trying to augment our consciousness with, uh, you know, weed or booze or DMT or acid or mescaline or 
uh, ecstasy, whatever you whatever you've tried. That's about the list of the extent that I've tried. Um, and just like Bill Hicks said, you know, I have taken drugs before and I had a real good time. Didn't <laughs> rob anybody, didn't beat anybody, didn't lose one fucking job, <laughs> laughed my ass off and went about my day. <laughs> you know? We need Bill Hicks back. <laughs> He's Alex Jones, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Well, we've got Steve Hughes at the moment. Like, you managed to interview him. I was just like, oh my God, I get to interview Steve Hughes. I still get starstruck like that by, uh, by people I really respect and admire their work, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and then he came to perform in, in uh, Auckland and we got, um, he gave us, me and my band, uh, all tickets to go see his show. And we got to hang out with him afterwards. And it was just like, oh, it's so awesome, you know, uh, because the guy's just such a fantastic comedian uh that he's almost evolved right like for example everybody who has come before us in our related fields has basically they've they've beaten a path down for us so that we can move faster and go to places that would have taken them much longer you know so i think that's the same thing with the comedians is that so many comedians have laid the groundwork uh and now we might be actually entering into a place where we've got some of the most talented uh, in the world, and if you look at the story of Bill Hicks, though it's not a nice story. He he had to play in at the uh, what the comedy pocket in Possum, Arkansas, to people that when he told a joke, they'd stare at you like a dog that you just showed a card trick. <laughs> They're just working it out. <laughs> I mean, like. And his last, um, and his last ever performance was at the the comedy stop in uh, in, in Austin. You know, just a tiny, tiny little venue with, with a couple of dozen people there. You know, that's that's what happens when you're brilliant, when you're genuine, when you do something that's truly exceptional. You won't necessarily be appreciated in your time for being genuine, but, but, years later. People who become the world's leaders, who the greatest entertainers and influencers, will have been influenced by you. And your spirit carries on in them. And that's why I've got like 3,600 videos with thousands of activists from New Zealand and all over the world just archived on my channel there. So much knowledge, so much work that all these people have done, and they did it for us. And I figure the least I can do is have a conversation with them and record it so that other people can listen to it so that when they die and when they're gone, they're not dead and they're not gone. And now True. they can come back and as holograms. <laughs> yeah, right. Dio's on tour as a hologram. So Elvis is coming <laughs> back too. <laughs> what, Vinny, do you have deja vus by chance? All the time. So what do you think's going on with that function? Um, I think, well, we call it synchronicity. So you will be, I was sitting at my desk one time. I had to get up real early to do a show. And uh, after the show ended, I was really hungry and I was craving a pie. And all of a sudden, my mate Dan, he said, hey, bro, I got your pie. Whoa. <laughs> you know? 
or um, I'd get up in the morning and I'd go to my desk and it was bill day, you know, I was thinking, okay, I'm going to rent, I got water, I got power, I got insulin. Shit, that's 500 bucks. I don't have 500 bucks. Go to my computer, log into my PayPal. 500 euros. Right. From, from one guy who donated it. Wow. You know, so what these things do, these little synchronistic moments, these little deja vus, in my opinion and in the opinion of many others, basically the universe has a sense of humor and it has a way of showing you that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. And at the moment that you feel like giving up, that's when it'll give you something so that you can continue. But it'll come right at the last minute in the exact quantity that you need, right? That's how the universe basically works as far as deja vu is concerned for me. And it will also kick your ass if you don't pay attention at times. Yeah, yeah. I remember one time I, was, I used to live in a um, very small uh, apartment with my wife um, and we uh, had a clothesline down the bottom and I came home from work. And I was really, really tired. Saw all the clothes hanging on the line. And all of a sudden, telling me, Vinny, take all the clothes off the line. It's going to rain. I was like, no, I'm too tired, Vinny. I'm just going to go upstairs. And second I get in the door, <laughs> all this rain's like, <laughs> <laughs> that's where it goes. <laughs> you know, got to be responsible, eh? Because otherwise, shit just goes sideways. <laughs> Have you have you listened to you may have even talked to him Warby about his the time loops? Wargo. Mm -mm. Wargo. Wargo, sorry. Eric Wargo. Dr. Eric Wargo. No. He's not the guy who uh, created Orgo Night. No. It's like um if you want to put your, your <laughs> children children to bed <laughs> and plastic. you don't want them to wet the bed. Yeah. <laughs> you, what, you put Organite under their bed? No, Ken, it's just a joke. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was thinking, wait, will that stop me from peeing in my bed? No, kidding. It really trickle down. Yeah. So, it gets, like the that's, whole... the, that's economics for you. That's right. Reaganomics. Jerry, can you break down the time loop thing kind of fast? So, so his theory. Uh, I, I love of of all the unreasonable requests I've ever heard in my life. Can you break down a time loop first? <laughs> That's me, baby. That's I mean, just, me. Just, 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 <laughs> no, just think about that. You're stuck in a time loop. My life is a series <laughs> of unreasonable requests. You know. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No. Uh, so his theory is thesis. His theory's idea is that that that. I can't even put in words. The, basically, there's a timeline that you live on, and things in the future affect your past. It's retro causality, and that's the loop. It's not actual loop, but it's connected to the future. And things in the future will, will affect things in the past. Yeah. Uh, well, I kind of think of time as sort of monodirectional because I'm unable to go back or go forward. You know, it's just like I'm but you're, here. you're not really traveling oh. anywhere. You're always in the now. Yeah, well, that, that's right. Um, something exists that will never be, and it is the promise of all who live and breathe, and nobody will ever get to see it tomorrow. All right, 
that's the thing. We, we, we live in the promise of tomorrow that we will never see. And I think a, a large amount of people, uh, they forget that they have a limited amount of time. Like, like even, even right now, uh, listening to the show, the minutes are chucking down. Your life is slowly ending while you're listening to my voice. Okay. Thank you very much. Uh, so go to the <laughs> Vinny Eastwood Show. <laughs> eastwoodshow.com and uh and uh give us something through the patreon as well because i'm well because uh, I've, I've been trying to uh, remind people about about that as well if you go to patreon.com forward slash vinny eastwood that's vinny with a y because it's the most important question and eastwood like go ahead make my new that's that's where we uh uh i really hope that ladies and gentlemen you actually support me on there because i've been demonetized by youtube Last month, I got nine hundred dollars from uh, uh, from YouTube. I think the month before, I got seven hundred. Um, but of course, after they demonetized me, zero. Okay, uh, so that's a huge amount. That's like uh, well over a third of my monthly income, uh, kind of thing. I'm living on the bones of my ass, and then they took a third of it away. So, it's like, oh my god! Uh, so, if anybody can help me uh, through Patreon or the donate buttons on the VinnieEastwoodShow dot com, that'd be really, really nice, ladies and. Because uh, it'd be a shame that after ten years of trying to do what's right, they can just destroy me, and and me not get the support to continue. It's like, nah, nah, that's not gonna happen. There's good people everywhere, bro. We're gonna we're gonna do this. This is gonna happen. We're gonna build a new YouTube with blackjack and hookers, right? Yeah, new tube, new, uh, new or us tube, us tube, we tube. WeTube, I, I reckon. I reckon NewTube so, sounds good because it's it's phonetic, you know. Um, it sounds exact. It it rhymes with YouTube. Yeah. Um, but everybody's got DTube. Um, somebody told me that was a porn site before, but I'm not haven't checked it out. But could have been. We the, need to get rid of the tube analogy in the video sites. We need something else. Screen. There's like D D Live, which is actually cool. Yeah, DTube. I'm not a fan of, but DLive, DTube, DLive, LBRY, um, BitChute, BitChute. Yep. Yeah. Um, I, I found it uh, very difficult though because uh, I'm switching over and I've got like 3,600 videos. So to just start from scratch somewhere, uh, going from 45,000 subscribers going to zero, um, that's yeah, that's really tough. I thought uh, BitChute uh, mirrored your videos for you or would would pull them for you do they or is no, it d2 it one, one of the two of them will actually mirror your videos yeah well the problem is when they mirror them are they actually downloading them yes and, uh and and having them independently on there because mm. if i could mirror my entire channel that's like five terabytes of videos minimum yeah uh over over 10 years there you know, that kind of thing and I don't know, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to have like 3,600 videos appear on your feed, just. <laughs> oh, my God, what do I watch first? <laughs> I do have a question for you from one of the uh, chat live chat here was uh, wanted to know what you knew about the world elite New Zealand doomsday bunkers. Mm, nothing. Next question. <laughs> that's it, that's it. <laughs> Thank you. Good night, everybody. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, I have actually heard a couple of rumors about these uh, bunkers and, and things like that. Now, apparently the guards who are going to be uh, 
who are trained, you know, professional soldiers and things like that, mercenaries and what have you. Apparently, they hate the elite people that they're working for. And when the shit does hit the who fan, doesn't? they're just, they're just going to kill these elite people and get their own families in those bunkers. <laughs> it's just like all you dipshits are like sitting around here paying these people to take care of you and as soon as you actually need them they're just going to kill you and take care of themselves and their own families that sounds like fitting justice to me um but the other the other fun would be if um, they actually did were successful and they locked themselves underground with the worst pedophiles psychopaths and murderers the world has ever known okay that's your plan to escape a bad future okay i don't think you've thought this one through (laughs) (laughs) really yeah no totally all right underground in the dark with with david rockefeller's children those are the people that eventually (laughs) i know (laughs) the ones i know right (laughs) The uh, those are the people that are that will in the future become the Greys, right, and come back and in the flying saw. Never mind. American Horror's last season was kind of like you know, I mean it. It's the, different, right. but it's also had that theme. That wasn't the clown one, was it? No, it's the one. It was like Armageddon, American Horror Story. This last season, they had these underground, you know, this this whole thing is basically mirrors this, but with the magical, weird horror angle. Creepy Just horror more, angle. More programming in the world. Because yeah. mm, mm. horror, horror movies are so good for you. All right. I got no more questions. So, uh, Vinny, did you want to plug anything on your channel or your, uh, sorry, your work? Other than what you have plugged already? Um, man, I feel freaking exhausted. This has been a good show. Uh, let me see now. Ah, my New Zealand election series. Mm. I found out something. I was, I was going to my uh, channel the other day, and I was looking for my New Zealand election series, and I couldn't find the playlist. So apparently, and I want to, um, this is actually just a little help for everybody. If you go to somebody's YouTube channel and then you go to the playlists tab, it comes up with these other options. For example, all playlists, created playlists, and saved playlists. So it'll start off with all playlists, but unless you go to created playlists, you won't be able to see all the playlists that people have created. And I've created like many, many of them. And I was looking for one in particular, and I, and I didn't even know that. Uh, it hadn't. Um, it doesn't appear on the search term. You know that was that was kind of interesting. So, NZ election series. Who are you really voting for? Uh, what I did was I logged down all the globalist connections uh, to uh, New Zealand politics and stuff like that. Like uh, Jacinda Ardern exposed in seven minutes is also a very good uh, video to watch, and that gives you an idea of the. Uh, scale of the globalism problem that we've got in New Zealand. So, like, when the elites are like escaping here to get away from all the crap, that's because this is their safe place. Okay, that's that's because they know um, that they control this place. We're a former British colony, and we have. Oh, excuse me. Uh, we're a former British colony, 
from the Bank of England. Okay, you ever heard of the Cayman Islands? It's a money laundering site run by organized crime. That could perfectly describe New Zealand. Okay, yeah, that's perfectly. like all the Caribbean, I think. Well, you know, something like that. If they're if you're a former British colony and the Bank of England set up shop in your little spit of sand, guaranteed corruption is still going on in your country until you abolish the Bank of England's uh, 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 tendril. You know, that's the thing. Um, and so I want people to realize that New Zealand is not, uh, you know, all squeaky clean and stuff like that. It's better in a lot of ways than a lot of places. So I hear, but I haven't been to any of these other places. So I got nothing to compare it to. For me, New Zealand's just quiet and slow uh, and backwards and full of idiots, you know, that kind of thing. You may not uh, understand what it's like to live in a country where people don't care about anything that's real, where they laugh about people who, who are interested in politics, where they spend all their time drinking and smoking weed and watching sport and entertaining themselves with uh, vain music festivals and drinking fluoride and taking vaccines and getting sprayed with chemtrails and uh, uh, telling everybody that they've got to be more compassionate to each other whilst at the same time they're just afflicted with horrific narcissism. And it's just like, I'm, I'm, it might be very difficult for, for an American audience to understand that dynamic or what it feels like to live in New Zealand, you know? Very, very different, isn't it? <laughs> no, <laughs> you're basically describing the, the far left people. Yeah. And, and I think this is um, something we've all got to um, really understand. <sighs> the reason I started doing this is because I saw Alex Jones, David Icke, and all of these other people from other countries broadcasting, you know, uh, and, and, and doing their own shows and outside of the mainstream. And there was nobody in New Zealand doing that, you know, nobody. And so I was like, well, let's change that. Uh, because the fact of the matter is everything I learned from American talk radio is happening over here in New Zealand. Okay. We are all one and together in this fight, ladies and gentlemen. And I think that uh, being a patriot uh, nowadays means you really have to look after your own country. Okay. Jefferson said that it is the duty of every patriot to protect his country from his government. And I think that now that we've got a world government, we all need to protect our countries from it. Speak so I go to the speaking of East, which, oh, sorry, go sorry, go, no, go, 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 go. Go to Vinny's yeah, I, plug, plug well, I was just going to plug myself in. <laughs> so Go ahead. I got the links in the description. <laughs> and they'll be in the show notes, too. I was going to ask if there's... Uh, do, do you guys... Can you own guns in New Zealand? Uh, not for long. All right. As soon as the uh, Brenton Tarrant um, uh, did that mass shooting in the mosque, mm. uh, they, passed, they passed gun law legislation. Uh, well, they, they introduced gun law up. legislation, 600 pages of it within 20 minutes. So yeah. it was already and then, written, and then they and then they rushed it through uh, mm. Parliament in twelve days, mm. and and and, and wow. uh, even before that was put through Parliament, they were visiting people like from the New Zealand military at two o'clock in the morning, mm -hmm. all right, to to confiscate the, their weapons off of them. This is <laughs> the police oh, no. confiscating weapons off of the military, all right, uh, that kind of thing. So uh, soon, only the police and military in New Zealand will have guns, and then we're all fucking slaves. Uh, so I have a lot of respect. Uh, for the men in this country who are burying their weapons, who are hiding them, okay? I can't encourage anybody to do that because it's illegal. I'm just saying I have a lot of respect for the men who do, 
because I know that they understand that the last thing to happen in any society before a group of people get exterminated is their weapons get taken off them. It doesn't matter whether you were Scottish in 900 AD when Edward the Longshanks uh, banned swords and bows for Scottish Highlanders. Okay? It doesn't matter how long ago it was. Your enslavers will always try to disarm you first because then you're so much easier to enslave. And we are now having weapons taken from people left, right, and center in New Zealand. I myself got visited by the police five times. This shit is real, folks. This was 9-11-2.0. This is not the war on terrorism anymore. This is the war on dissent. The war on resistance. The war on anybody who wants freedom. Free thought. And this is the bottom line. Sorry, I have a bit of a cold. This is the bottom line, and I'm so glad you're, we're kind of wrapping up on this. This is something we need to get together. We need to come together. And it's part of what I was talking about with reality consensus, the double split experiment. We can do this. At some level, we can start plugging into each other and we can do this. We're even mundane people are starting to see the writing on the wall with how fast like that happens at Christ Church and then in 20 minutes all these pages are dumped and then legislation's changed this is rolling out fast and it's worldwide mhm and as um bruce lee said uh that defeat is a state of mind now, yes. <laughs> he, he says that no one is ever defeated until defeat has been accepted as a reality. That's Bruce Lee, ladies and gentlemen. I be, love Bruce be Lee. Be like water. Yep. All right, great. Well, thank you, Vinny. We really appreciate having you tonight. Thank you I've for restreaming us. It's been my pleasure. Yeah. Please subscribe to our channel, not, uh, which is Vocast Nocte. If you want, would like, thank you. it would help us. Just so we can get our show out to more places. Um, it's also available on, on podcast form tomorrow. So thank you, everyone, in the live chat. Thank you, Vinny. Thank you, Nish. Next week, we have author Robert Guffey, the author of Camellio. He's a pretty interesting dude. You should have him on, Vinny. Mm-hmm. You would dig him. So thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. All right. Cheers, brother. Thank you so much. Sure. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Vinny. It's been a great pleasure. Awesome. I get that a lot. <laughs> All right. I bet you. All right. <laughs> All right.